Welcome to Holding Fast. How is your anchor holding today as it gripped firmly to the unshakable Word of God? Well, I'm glad to have you in the podcast today. Thanks for listening in. We've been reading through our Bibles and the reading program. We've come to the end of the book of Genesis and actually have started in on Exodus. But I have some thoughts to that. I, I, I'm, I'm reading through with like everybody else is, and it's difficult for me sometimes. to. It takes me a while to get through it because I keep getting these sermon ideas and these, these uh, seeds of thought that uh, I read from the Scripture and uh, want to illuminate and help explain a little bit more to people who listen to this podcast. Uh, I am reminded that the New Testament tells us that all these things that unfold in the Old Testament were written to be our, for our example, uh, either to avoid or to emulate. And I, it's hard. It's hard to turn even <clears throat> hard to turn a page without being confronted with that very thought. And so in light of that, today's thought actually comes from several passages that I've highlighted in my Bible that stood out to me as a a startling contrast between uh, the character of the man Joseph and the character of his brothers. Uh, There is a distinctiveness there that, that the contrast, the difference in character Oh, that when a man has character, a godly character, it really does make a difference in his life. I find this to be true in chapter 45 of Genesis, because in chapter 45 that you've already read, you're going along in the story and you find out that Joseph finally reveals himself in verse 1 of Genesis 45 to his brothers as being Joseph himself. Uh, and he wept, of course, and the brothers were probably so. I can't imagine the startling uh, discovery that that must have been to them. And then perhaps followed by a little bit of fear uh, about what the result of that might be. But in Isaiah 45, Joseph begins to demonstrate what his real character is like. He might have had some unwise statements or maybe unwise in the way he presented them in his earlier years as a teen. But as he matured and grew in his walk with God, I think God demonstrated so much in Joseph's life, his care, his concern, his leadership, Um, God demonstrated that he had a plan and over and over again, you read of how God blessed Joseph in, in, uh, difficult situations, whether he was in prison, uh, whether he was, uh, being accused falsely, he responded as a man of character. You remember that time when, when, uh, Potiphar's wife, approached him and tried to seduce him and he literally said how can I do this thing and sin against God and you and then he ran off that was just another glimpse into the character of this man Joseph and what God was doing in his life I think if you were to ask Joseph he would have been absolutely um convincing in his statements to you that he believed that God's hand was on his life all the way through. He couldn't help but notice it. I mean, he was placed in positions that were greatly, that were a great difficulty, difficulty to him. 
and yet God blessed him and honored him so that it was unmistakably obvious that God's hand in his life was leading for a greater purpose. And indeed, in chapter 45 of Genesis, Joseph, after he reveals himself and weeps loudly, in verse 3 of 45, he said, I am Joseph. Does my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. Well, no kidding. I would have been too had I been in their situation. And of course, in verse 4, Joseph brings his brethren to him. They came near, and he said, listen, I'm Joseph. You sold me into Egypt. But verse 5, don't be grieved. Don't be angry with yourselves that you sold me here. For God did send me before you to preserve life. Now, what would a man have to believe and go through in order to arrive at that kind of conclusion? Having experienced the things that Joseph did, he evidently had such a grounded faith and character in God that it really, in contrast with his brothers, just shone like the sun. Um, if you fast forward from chapter 45 and you go to the end of the book of Genesis to chapter 50, uh, and I could highlight other passages that lead you to this conclusion, but we come to the end of chapter 50 and Jacob gives his blessing to his 12 sons and makes prophetic predictions about what they're going to be like. Uh, Jacob died. And the brothers were really fearful that at this point, Joseph was going to take his vengeance on his conniving, deceitful brothers, because that's exactly what they were to a point. I think they came to understand, Judah even admitted this, that our iniquity has caught up with us. And so they were worried, is Joseph going to exact vengeance because they might have done so had they been in Joseph's place. They had done such evil to Joseph, and they never, it never left them. It hung over them like a cloud all the time. Uh, they couldn't understand how Joseph would have that kind of character. It was really beyond them. They couldn't fathom that. Uh, would Joseph actually lash out now that Jacob is gone? And treat them the way they might have treated because of the ill, the uh, ill situation that they were in. But the t scripture tells us that instead of being bitter, Joseph told them that what they had done to him was used by God to be a blessing. The Lord had used the Lord had used it, the selling into slavery in Joseph's life, to save many people alive and thereby do great good. So Joseph's concern was literally the will of God and not this flighty niceties of life that, that men go through. As a matter of fact, in chapter 50 and verse 21 is this famous passage. He's, he, uh, I want to, verse 20 actually, uh, well, let me back up to verse 19. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for I, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day, 
to save much people alive. Now listen to verse 21. Now therefore fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. Wow. Uh, it's evident from that very statement about Joseph that he he just didn't hold a bitter spirit, but rather he had a forgiving spirit. Uh, how instructive was that for the brothers? He left the vengeance up to God. Uh, he reacted with kindness in spite of his brother's ill treatment. And Joseph recognized that what others do to us, listen to this, listener, what others do to you is not nearly so important as how you respond to what they do. Good, godly character traits demand that you not retaliate in the same form as others would attack. Uh, you can always believe the truth of Proverbs 5.1. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. You know, a man of character, a woman of character and integrity always stands out in sharp contrast to the cheap looseness and the self-absorption of people in our world today. Joseph's brothers were really full of fear because they, they had not acted according to God's principles. Joseph could stand boldly and sweetly because he honored the Lord and lived with a biblical character. Why don't we pray today that God would all give us all as believers and disciples of Jesus Christ that kind of real character like Joseph had, that character that was sweetly submissive to the will of God and was not concerned about settling scores that you might have with people who hurt you or offended you. Let me just share with you right now that admonition in this podcast today. There are people that I know as a pastor, uh, I, have, I have shepherded people for some 35 years, and I'm telling you, there are people that are eat up with bitterness and vengeance, and they're looking to settle the scores in their life, and they become so bitter and poison in their soul, and they have no joy in life. I hope that's not you today. And if it is, then perhaps you need to get some character like Joseph did. And you need to say, Lord, help me to respond in that kind of sweet way, that submissive way that understands that God always has a larger purpose in our sufferings in life. And he's working his purposes in you. And he'll lead you through. He'll never give you any... By the way, let me just say this statement. Some people say, well, he'll never give you anything you can't handle. Well, that's frankly a lie. That's not true. God will never give you anything that he can't handle. Don't ever forget that. And walk with Christ. Be a man. Be a woman of integrity and character. And love God. And be concerned for the Lord's glory and not your own.